Yo, what's going on, everybody? You are listening to the All Our Ways podcast. I am your host, as always, Noah Heron. And uh, man, what an amazing, amazing episode we have for you today. We have a childhood friend on the podcast. His name is Corey Wolfenbarger. If you don't know Corey, you are going to love this conversation and you need to get to know him. He has been a friend really since about the fifth or sixth grade. I can't remember when we met, but I do remember how we met. I was a fan of playing Xbox Live on the internet and I met this guy who was really good at Halo, and we started playing some Halo and some Call of Duty on the Xbox, and after talking, um, playing Xbox, randomly getting paired up to be on the same team, all my gamers out there, we realized that both of our dads were pastors, and uh, we found out not too long after that that our dads actually knew each other. Just the craziest story. We have been amazing friends since. Um, I regularly visit he and his wife actually went they I went on a vacation with them when I was in college he was in my wedding and uh, Corey is an extremely talented human being one of the best photographers in the world he has worked with all sorts of huge huge brands brands that you see on television um, he's done all sorts of work with brands he Also has been on staff at a church full-time for the past several years. He recently just gave up that position. He still serves at a local church, but he's pursuing some business opportunities. And so if you are into the creative space, if you are into business, if you are into being a better follower of Jesus, this conversation is for you. I could not love a guy more than I love Corey Wolfenbarger, and uh, this conversation will encourage you. I know it. So without further ado, my conversation with the one and only Corey Wolfenbarger. (laughs) Corey, welcome to the All Our Ways podcast, bro. Excited to have you on. Yeah, man. It's about time that you finally had me on, dude. I appreciate the invite. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I really appreciate it, and I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me, man, for sure. Dude, so um, this is awesome because we started our relationship talking through technology, uh, an Xbox headset, and uh, back in middle school, we've been great pals ever since. I was the pastor of Disaster, you were Corey Wolf 972 and we played Halo and Call of Duty every day, and now we get to uh, talk on Zoom about a plethora of things. I'm really pumped about this. Um, I think a lot of people who are listening probably already know who you are from uh, your social media, Instagram, or YouTube. Um, They've probably seen your photos all over the internet, but I want to talk a lot about the stuff that's not on social media. And so um, you are a follower of Jesus. And if you could just kind of quickly give us your story when it comes to that, I think that'd be a good place to start. Yeah, so I I think like a lot of people, um, I grew up in church. Um, It's kind of like a corny saying, but was in church, you know, anytime the doors were open. Um, My grandfather was a preacher, a pastor. Um, My dad was a pastor. And yeah, I just grew up in church. So um, classic deal. I gave my life to the Lord when I was six years old. Obviously, I had no idea what I was doing. 
Um, I do think the Holy Spirit probably played a part in that for sure, but definitely it was very young. Um, and so ran the typical pastor's kid route of just really rejecting the church as a whole by the time I was, you know, 15. And I'm a person that lives in extremes for better or for worse. So I can't just do something halfway. So, um, you know, started partying, doing all that stuff and kind of got really out of control pretty quick. So by the time I got out of high school, I had progressed um, far past the average high school party life of just smoking here or there um, or drinking. And so, yeah, life was just going okay, making a lot of very foolish decisions. Um, and looking back on it now at 28, the Lord was very gracious to me because um, a lot of situations could have ended up a lot worse. Um, went to Liberty University, still just kind of wrestling with the Lord, um, ended up switching my major some point in there, just seeking, you know, who I, I was trying to figure out who I thought God was, not who my parents thought he was or pastors that I had listened to. And so um, through all of that, and there's so much more to the story, but long story short, through a, a girl who would later become my wife and through um, persistent parents who never gave up on me and through me finally giving up, up um, finally kind of surrendered to the Lord and definitely was not smooth sailing when that happened when I was in my early 20s, but I just kind of figured it out along the way and the Lord was merciful and he was gracious and he was patient and kind. And um, yeah, so grew up in the church, ran away came back and um just thankful man just thankful for god's faithfulness because it has been a wild ride for me for sure i'm really thankful for your wife kelly uh she is the goat and that just needs to be mentioned in the podcast at some point um so now uh you were serving vocationally as a pastor um, at the church that your dad leads there in the Knoxville area. Um, but now recently, you've kind of stepped out into the business world, the entrepreneurial world. You've got your hands in a whole bunch of different stuff. And this whole podcast is based off the idea that all of our ways can be submitted to Jesus. Um, kind of the premise that like everything is sacred type of a thing. It doesn't mean that everything has to be some like version of something that you would do on a Sunday at a church, but the idea of like inviting God into what we do, all of our ways, th that type of a thing. And so um, a few of the things that Corey is into right now is uh, he's obviously a photographer. He works for all sorts of brands. Literally this week, Moment released a really cool partnership with him. If you haven't heard of Moment, it's pretty, pretty sick. I remember when Corey and I were driving around the world, taking iPhone photos for adventure photography. We used to follow that account and now they're like blasting his stuff. It's pretty wild. Um, he does, uh, he has a couple different side businesses and side hustles. He's always scheming and dreaming. And so um, Corey, what are you most excited about with the business world? And why did you make the decision to um, step out of the church vocationally and uh, jump into the business world? Yeah, so I uh, served, was on staff, um, salaried the whole gig, um, like maybe some of you guys are for over five years. Um, I came out of a Christian university with a um, Bible degree and had a dad who was a senior pastor. And so that's a, a fortunate circumstance to be in. And my dad and my mother wanted me to work with them and I wanted to work with them. And so that, that worked out and um, did that for over five years, like I said. And 
I don't know. It's, it's a difficult thing because honestly, I'm still working a lot of that out between me and the Lord. Um, but I think it, a, a, a good like analogy or metaphor, I don't know what it is, but thing that somebody taught me a long time ago is to chase the things that fill you up. And I, you know, stepped away from the church in that full-time capacity six months ago, but even whether it's been speaking on Sunday or ministering to people, um, you know, in other contexts, because I am still doing a lot of ministry right now, even though I may not be full-time staff, it has become very clear to me in the last six months that that still fills me up um, to be on stage and to talk about Jesus, um, to be in our prayer room at our church and leading a prayer service. Um, those things still fill me up. And I don't really ever anticipate those things going away in my life. And so for as long as, you know, the Lord has me on this earth. So I do want to preface it with, I do know that I will go back to, you know, the local church because I I'm a very dramatic person when it comes to believing in our time here on earth. And sometimes that's to a fault because sometimes you get so worried about the time we don't have left um, that it's hard to stay present, which is so difficult. But with all that being said, I'm the kind of person that I get very heavy in my spirit and very down if I feel like I'm doing something that doesn't have any worth um, in the long term. And so whether my businesses are thriving or my side hustles are working or I'm gaining followers on social media, sure, when the endorphins are hitting, you know, I can get pretty hyped on that. But at the end of the day, um, the local church is what I believe in more than anything. So I did make a decision, though, to step away in this season to and this is a charismatic or Pentecostal thing that we would say at my church, but we call it the marketplace. You know, we have so many people in our church that, you know, they work in the secular world, but they do so much ministry. And just after like a lot of soul searching and prayer and all that typical Christian stuff and conversations with people that I really trusted, you know, spiritually and business wise, it, I just had a desire to step out into the marketplace and just be able to put more energy into some of these things. Because while I was on staff with the church, I was working very hard to grow other things because I'm an entrepreneur at heart. And so I just had a desire to put more energy into it in this season of my life. And so I think I'll probably be on this path for, you know, three to five years, maybe. And then I'll probably take a step back and see um, where I'm at. And uh, I'm a preacher, so I'm rambling. But I, I think me and Noah have talked about this, too. You know, it, it's really sad, you know, the whole Carl Lentz situation. But obviously, Carl Lentz had a lot of, you know, good truth to say. And I, me and Noah talked about this. How Carl Lentz always talked about that five-year measure stick. Um, I think you told me that story about how him and his wife committed to that church early. And so I don't stick to that super hard, but I do like to look at my life like in kind of sections of five. And because I don't think you're really going to figure things out in two years or a year and a half. And so, you know, I, I gave over five years to the local church. So I'll, I'll see what's going on in the next five years. And um, I'm sure I'll make my way back to full time local church staff at some point for sure. <laughs> I love it, man. I, I think so many of the, the listeners are in the same spot as you. Like they uh, may be different in that they uh, have never been a pastor. I would say most of the people who listen to this are not um, pastors or vocationally at a church, but they, they love Jesus. They want what they do to be done unto the Lord and to give glory to God. Um, and so this is one of the reasons I'm super pumped that you're on because um, you're dabbling in a ton of stuff that maybe people wouldn't look at as ministry, but I know your perspective on it is like, like, Hey, like this, 
might not be considered a vocational ministry, but I'm getting to influence and impact people, um, maybe indirectly, maybe uh, not on purpose and sometimes on purpose in the marketplace, like you said. What does that look like for you? Um, through your art, through your business, those types of things, like, like how, what's your approach to doing business in a way, um, as a follower of Jesus? Yeah, I think prayer is first and foremost at at the forefront of everything I do. Um, I I know it's easy, you know, and I I believe that verse is Colossians 3, 23, you know, we want to do everything unto the Lord. We want to act as if we were doing it for God, giving God effort. And I, I, I know that should be the reason why I do it. And that is a reason why I do it. But also I just like doing things well. I like things to work. And I know that if I don't do things well, they won't work. And so that's a component of it. But when it comes to the spiritual aspect, I think, I think we overcomplicate it. I think we are always trying to find like deeper spiritual things when it's just one plus one equals two. And that means me constantly being in prayer, because I believe the point of life is intimacy with Jesus to bring the kingdom of God, you know, into the earth. And so to, to, to know Jesus, to be intimate with him, I have to connect with him. And I believe the primary avenue that, that the father has given us to him through the spirit of Jesus is with the Holy spirit through prayer. So you know, it, it's really spending time in prayer and stepping back and examining who I believe the person of Jesus is, um, looking at the character, the, you know, the attributes of our father, and then asking the Holy Spirit, the spirit of Jesus that lives inside of me every day as I start my day to remember who the God I, that I'm serving is. And then it's trying to mirror every single thing I do throughout that day as he would do it. And so, you know, I just recently was in Los Angeles and I was there for work. And so, you know, it was an opportunity for me to represent Jesus. And so I don't go in there talking about Jesus, but, you know, I, I pay for the Airbnb. I buy everybody's dinner. I, you know, I'm kind. I'm a, I try to be a good listener, even though I'm not, I'm not always, um, I try and go above and beyond to, you know, bring that, that vision of love and compassion and kindness and selflessness that, the Lord displayed while he was on earth and that we see in the scriptures. And that way, when people begin to ask, you know, about my life, they want to know more about me, then hopefully that gives me the opportunity to point back to the Lord. Obviously when we're in a ministry setting of a church service on a Wednesday night or a small group or a prayer meeting or a Sunday morning, it's a little bit more blunt of how we are just, you know, opening up about Jesus right off the rip. But for me, um, it's just constantly having to reset myself to step back and look at who the Lord is asking me, asking him to continue to conform myself to him. And, you know, hopefully everything that I do from business phone calls to business deals, to the way I treat people that I hire, to coworkers, to the deals that I'm making, to the way I'm approaching people in emails, hopefully that's coming out of an overflow of who he is in me and then resting that he's going to bring me the favor that I need. And so, um, yeah, I think we overcomplicate it, man. And we ask for, and, and the Lord is, is gracious and he is powerful to send us these insane circumstances and all these signs. But um, I just try and make it through each day. I have no idea what's going on in so many of my business endeavors. Um, I'm learning so much every day. And so I don't have a lot of, you know, when it comes to branding and YouTube and photography, I'm comfortable in that sphere of my life now. But with starting a t-shirt company and so many other things I'm doing, it's like, 
Um, you know, and, and my dad told me this, he's, you know, my, my everything to me in so many ways. And he told me months ago when we started some of this stuff, he was just like, you know, he said, I know that you can make this work of your own being, but if you really want to be a part of something special, you know, we need to be waking up and seeking the Lord together in all things. And so I'm asking, I'm asking the Lord about everything. And sometimes I think he's speaking about something and I'm like, yes, yes, God. And then I try it and I just, dude, I miss so bad. And I'm like, okay, Lord, obviously that probably was not you. That probably was my idea. Um, but yeah, it's just constantly stepping back for me, man, and taking a look and asking the Holy Spirit to continue to reveal Jesus and all he is and doing my best to strive to be like him. Um, I believe he's the point of life and getting to know him better and representing him is, is what I'm here for in all areas. So, Dude, I love it. I love what you said about um, not overcomplicating things. We've talked several times, uh, late night car rides or early morning, depending on what the way you look at the time that it was, we used to wake up on uh, photography adventures and have deep talks while we were half awake. And your audience here know that you were an adventure photographer, like way back in the day. I don't know if they knew that, um, <laughs> but some of the photos are still on the gram. So there is proof in the pudding. But uh, we, we used to have these conversations about following Jesus and what it looks like to follow Jesus in a, in a world that, um, is kind of turning more and more away from his ways and growing up in the Christian circles that we grew up in, both of our dads being pastors. Um, I think it's, it's very easy to see it be overcomplicated and for it to be over spiritualized even. Um, and I, I love what you're saying about just, just stripping it down. And, uh, you said like something along the lines of what would Jesus do um, you know, bringing his kingdom to earth and kind of entering into it. And the emphasis on prayer is something I've always admired uh, about you during our, our friendship. That's been there. Uh, not, well, I was going to say since early on. Not forever. Was, <laughs> <laughs> not forever. It's been there for a minute though. Um, and I think like prayer, I don't want to make a generaliza generalization about uh, millennials and Gen Z, but I think for, for many of us in those two generations, that's kind of the part of following Jesus that it, it's easy to skim on. Um, and it's easy to just kind of like sprinkle in when we can and we focus on other areas of, of the ways of Jesus. Um, we just take a second and speak to the power of prayer, like in your life, why you believe in it so much. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, twofold answer there, you know, talking about what it means to follow Jesus and how we overcomplicate that. I think for many of us, myself included, um, our lives were changed, you know, because we were all growing up in our 20s or in high school in the grace movement, which I am, you know, a huge proponent of um, so many teachers. Um, I mean, that, that teaching changed my life. And then on the backside of that, though, we have to realize that um, grace empowers obedience and following Jesus, a very large part of it is simply obedience. You know, it's looking at each situation and saying, Lord, what do you want for me to do in this situation? And there are times where you may need a specific word about moving to a city or a financial decision, but I would probably challenge everyone to think that maybe nine out of 10 of every time we struggle with something in our spiritual lives, you can probably just flip to a portion of scripture in the new Testament that will tell you as a new Testament believer that's following Jesus, what to do in that situation. So obedience is much easier said than done, but obedience is important. And 
So, yeah, I just wanted to kind of hit on that. You know, when it comes to following Jesus, we don't talk about obedience, but you cannot, you cannot separate the blessings of God and, and the fruitful life of being a true disciple of Jesus without obedience. And the reason I, I do my best and I, I'm not perfect, even, I mean, the father of the modern prayer movement right now, he even says that if you can hit, you know, around 80% of your mornings or your days in prayer, that's great. So I'm definitely not here to make people feel bad about their lack of prayer life because I am not always firing on all cylinders. I just have a passion for it because I know that when when that intimacy with the Lord begins to grow through prayer, then you will see a lot of guilt. You will see a lot of struggles begin to fall away. And so, yeah, prayer is important to me, though, because it, the Bible is just too clear about it. Um, Jesus quotes Isaiah, Matthew 21. He says, my house will be a house of prayer. I could pull out a billion passages where the disciples were always confused because Jesus was always going out to pray. And so first and foremost, I want to be like Jesus. And so if I want to be like Jesus, I can't just say, I want to be like him when he was compassionate upon people. You also have to say that he was a person of prayer. He yeah. spent a lot of time in prayer talking to the father. And so, um, yeah. And then it just, it just goes back to that. I mean, I believe, connection with God, connection with Jesus, intimacy with Jesus is the solution to all of our problems. And I believe the main avenue that, that the Lord gave us for connection with him is in prayer, because it's simply talking to the Lord. It's simply hearing what he's wanting to do and then partnering with what he's wanting to do in the earth and your city and your community mm -hmm. and being a part of his team, which is unbelievable that he chooses to partner with all of us who are such messes whether it's in business or it's in ministry. And so, yeah, it's important to me because I don't separate, I don't think you can separate it from, you know, following him. I just, I just don't. And so it's easier said than done because many times we wake up and we want to be, we want to be prayer warriors, but then we get 12 minutes in and we're just like, our list is cached. This is boring. I'm falling asleep. I can only listen to the new Bethel album or Maverick city so many times. And, um, but, you know, Jesus himself said he looked at his disciples and he said, he said, could you guys not even give me one hour? And so um, hmm. it, it's, it's important to me. And, and the last thing I'll say about why it is important to me is because, you know, at the end of the day, we can all quote scripture, but um, we can all look at our lives. And there, there are certain things that nobody can take from us because we experience them. You know, maybe it was the presence of God that you felt in the service one time, or it was at youth camp or wherever it was. And even when the Bible verses don't feel comfortable to you, or maybe that sin has just been beating you up for years, but those moments that you have with God that anchor you, nobody can take those from you. And for me in my life, I can just look at the extreme differences of my, and I hate to use the word success, but my quote unquote success at following Jesus and being confident and being a follower in him is directly tied to my prayer life. When I'm not choosing to put emphasis on intimacy with him, um, then it just seems like everything starts falling apart, whether it's being the best husband I can be, being kind to strangers, being bold and ministering. Um, and, and when that intimacy is, is there, it's just like I'm, fall, I'm firing on all cylinders, dude. Like It's like, oh, the person in Walmart, it's like, let's have a prayer service. Like I want to pray for you. I, can, I believe the Holy Spirit speaking to me about something going on in your life, and I don't care if I look like a fool because... I just want the love of Jesus to manifest in this restaurant or this gas station. And so it's important to me because I've seen what it's done to my life. And at the point I'm at now, it's, I can identify it very quickly um, when it's not a part of my life. And it, it manifests all around me in my relationships and 
my emotions, et cetera. So it keeps me where I need to be. Dude, you guys have been doing uh at your church that that you're at there, the gathering, you guys have been doing these these prayer times uh for literally years. And it's always been super convicting and challenging for for my prayer life because I relate to a lot of what you were just talking about. But um I, I'm I'm always thinking about uh, the time in scripture. I'm blanking on the reference right now, but when the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray, like, like they literally got to walk around with human flesh, Jesus, and got to see the miracles that he did, got to see just so many incredible things. And the thing that they asked, asked Jesus to teach them how to do was to pray. And I think there's a lot of a lot of things that we can glean um, just from them asking him to do that. It was obvious to them that that was the source of his intimacy with the father. And um, 100%. It's, uh, it's, it's really, really good stuff. Okay. I want to, I want to wrap up with this Corey, because um, social media, it's a big deal and the age that we're in, you've stewarded it so well um, for, for a really long time. And uh you got quite a following on Instagram. I know that there are people with, with just massive uh, followings. Yours is really large. And you've also got a YouTube channel that has just really taken off in the past year or so. I guess it's been less than a year since you started. Um, and it's just really done well. Uh, social media can be a place of great joy. It can be a, a place of, of a great fun, but it can also be devastating to your walk as a follower of Christ. Um, things like comparison, insecurity, and uh, I know that's stuff that you and I have both struggled with um, on and off. And so to someone listening, whether they have a million followers or they've got 10 followers on social media, maybe they're struggling with some insecurity. What are just some practical handles, um, things that you try to implement in your life when it comes to social media, the way you use it and the way that you try to follow Jesus and, and honor him through it? Yeah, I, I think, and this is something that I've really had to um, like just constantly be thinking about because, you know, like I don't follow you know, I don't follow like a lot of pastors or, you know, quote unquote Christian things on my social media platforms because I've always tried to keep them separate. And, you know, I'll put stories out there. Or I'll make my captions, you know, biblical at sometimes throughout the year. Um, and then I'll tweet about it every once in a while. Um, but it, it always has been something weird for me because, you know, sometimes I'll follow a person because I don't really check their feed and I'm like, oh, their photos are awesome. And then it will start, they'll start posting a lot of things that don't really like line up with my worldview. And so then I'm like, okay, this is weird. Cause now I'm friends with this person. And then if they see that I unfollow them then they're going to be like, oh, you're some dork who like is in fifth grade. Like, and so, yeah, it, it's always been like a really strange thing for me. Um, I would say, and I, I hate to sound so simple and to like make everything sound like I don't think it's a big deal, but so please hear me if these are if social media is like a, a big issue for you um, in terms of like looking at stuff that is obviously causing you problems in your life, uh, please understand I've been there. And one piece of good news that I have, that's not practical advice that you can't change if you wanted to, but it's just good news for you as each day goes by. Um, a, a lot of it has just come with time, man. You know, I, I'm, I turned 28 this year and, you know, when I was 23, it was just a lot different ball game. When I, if I would have had this stuff when I was 19, 
it would have been a whole different ball game. And so a lot of it comes with age and comes with maturity and just, you know, you can only get so upset about your likes being down or your story views not being where you think they are. You can only be so mad that this person's growing and they have more influence maybe in ministry on their account than you do. Um, you can only be upset about that for so long before you let it go. And so getting older is a huge part of it. And then the simple part that I hate to say, because it's not a fun answer, is just boundaries are a huge part of this. You know, if, if you're a guy and you're following a lot of stuff that you feel like is being detrimental to the man that you want to be in this one lifetime that you get, um, it's, it's really simple. I know it can be really hard if you're younger, but it's just unfollowing that person. You know, if getting on social media, if you if you can be gut wrenching, honest and say like, hey, um, every time I get on here, I come away more discouraged and depressed, then it's really simple. Either you quit getting on it a lot or you just keep digging yourself in a deeper hole until you can come back and be more mature about it. And so I know that is incredibly difficult because so much of our world revolves around it. But I I promise you. I promise you having the social media platform that you think you want to have is not going to get you the job that you want just because you think having more followers is going to suddenly change your life. It's not. I know plenty of people in business and creative in New York City, Los Angeles, some of the most successful people I know from a creative standpoint and in ministry do not care about social media at all. If, if the Lord wants to get you somewhere in life, whether it's in the marketplace or at a position in the local church, He is going to get you there, whether you have 500 followers or 50,000 followers. So I see a lot of people saying, hey, you have to have it in this day and age. And is it beneficial for a lot of people? Yes. Do you have to have it? No. Um, When God, when the scriptures were being written, um, God knew that Instagram was coming and he knew that Twitter was coming. And I know some people like me and Noah may get to enjoy some of the benefits of some of that. And um, we're very thankful for it. But I know plenty of people that are very, very successfully financially, emotionally, spiritually, physically, relationally, um, and they don't have any of the apps. So at at some point in all of our lives, whether you're 15 or you're 20 or you're 25 or you're 45, you have to look at the things that are holding you back and you have to say, I'm not going to deal with this anymore. And so, you know, one thing for me right now is I'm, I'm a six foot six human being whose metabolism is finally catching up to him. And I'm, I can't eat like I used to. And I, my wife is always making fun of me because I'm getting a little bit of a stomach now. And so, you know, I'm, I'm having to make some of those. I'm having to walk through that right now. of just saying like, Hey, I don't, I don't want to set this boundary when I'm 37 and it's kicking my butt right now. I'm going to be honest, but you know, social media is the exact same thing. If it is, if it is not doing anything for you, Um, myself included, Noah included, and you that is listening included, um, schedule your post and stay off of it, man. And I I have to do that all of the time myself. I'm actually probably coming up on a stint any, any day now where I'm probably going to have to just say like, okay, you know, I just don't need to really like spend a lot of time on Instagram and Twitter for a three to five day stretch. And that's what works for me. And so, um, I think the biggest thing I would say and I hate to over-spiritualize it in my charismatic Pentecostal ways, but, you know, that might even be like a word from the Holy Spirit, from somebody specifically not about the boundaries, but don't believe the lie that you need it. Um, take it from somebody who's coming close to 30, and the Lord has been very gracious to allow me to be in a lot of different spheres in the world, in business and in ministry. And I know plenty of people who are crushing it without social media. So 
Um, don't believe that lie that you need it. It can be a huge benefit, um, but come back to it maybe when you're ready to tackle it. Um, so it's tough, man. I don't have all the answers, but set those boundaries, find account accountability and delete those apps. I still delete mine all the time, believe it or not. I pay, my social media helps pay my bills with brand deals, but I delete my apps off my phone for three and four days at a time all the time because it's, it's just not worth it sometimes. Your mental health is more important. Your identity is more important. Absolutely. Um, with that being said, I am going to plug your social media right here uh, because it's the best way for people to, uh, to probably keep up with you and all the stuff that you're doing. If you don't follow Corey Wolfenbarger, I'm going to put his handles in the bio below, but it's just at Corey Wolfenbarger Instagram. He's on YouTube. Um, if you've ever thought about getting into photography, He's your guy. If you just want to follow a cool dude who loves Jesus, loves his family, he's your guy. Um, I, I love watching. And, and DM me if, if you if you came from the show and you have any questions yeah. about anything of how I can help you guys with wherever you're at in life starting off. And I'll throw in some Noah stories that he would never share publicly <laughs> as well. Oh, gosh. All right. I'm deleting this part from the episode. Um Man, it was so great having you on. I want to finish this way. We always end with uh, asking our guests if they had to give one TED Talk unrelated to anything that they do, um, either as a job or as a follower of Jesus. It has to be completely unrelated. We've had, I'd give a TED Talk on how to make good guacamole. We've had, you know, just random stuff. But something that you're really passionate about, maybe people don't know ready three two one go i was gonna say basketball but if you follow me on twitter and, or instagram you know that um this is really weird i always say this when i'm in small group or we're talking about how we've overeaten i am the most passionate person about veganism that is so far away from being a vegan so i can never pass up a chick-fil-a or a mcdonald's cheeseburger but i i wish that i could give up meat and dairy because I feel like I would be superhuman because all of my friends who are vegan just are somehow able to work around the clock 17 hours a day and have a smile on their face and they're fit and they're they're buff and I aspire to be that but I don't know if the Lord will ever give me the grace to uh reject a number one at Chick-fil-a or a good steak so yeah, I've watched yeah. all the documentaries I'm way too far gone but I just I don't have the strength y'all so shout out to all my people who have given up meat or dairy i'm out i uh i i could easily uh have a number one right now um so i don't think i'm gonna be subscribing but Corey, dude thanks for thanks for being on i love you it's been uh an honor having you on the podcast and i'm excited for people to connect with you love you brother thanks for having me on